Hey, everybody, and welcome to Take the Stage Opera Podcast. The number one question that people have messaged us about is asking for tips for better practicing. From technical work to learning rep to preparing for a role or recital, the main idea today is how to set long-term goals and then figure out the systems you need to accomplish those goals one day at a time. And I promise that if you listen in and follow the ideas that we have to share, then you will know exactly what to practice in the days, weeks, and years to come, and you will be filled with purpose. Is everyone saying no to your singing career? Well, we here at Take the Stage Opera Podcast say toy, toy, toy. Find out what is holding you back so you can stop waiting in the wings and go out and get your standing ovation. There are no forbidden topics here, so get your ticket and find your seat. In Boca Lupo. listeners for joining us today and really thank you so much for sending suggestions of what you'd like to learn more about. Selfishly, we, me and Evan, love all the things that we're learning too, but we are always excited to share it with our listeners. So I'm your host, Mariah Wilcox, and I am joined as usual by my friend Evan Dunn. Hey, <laughs> how are you? You know, I'm killing it. It has been... Oh, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a crazy week. Yes. Like, I feel like each day has been a month. A whole month. <laughs> and you that's ready for, good. for Thanksgiving <laughs> break? Yeah, I'm really ready. And I'm also, you know, we're working on a lot of fun projects, our mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. And we have a recital coming up. We do? We- <laughs> what recital? Our sacred classics oh, recital. I didn't- <laughs> I don't consider that a recital. What do you consider it? Just a concert. Yeah, well, it is a... It feels like like, a recital because no one's... But we have orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. Because no one's going to come? Are we live streaming it? I don't even know. I don't think they're going to let anyone come. Oh, really? Probably. That's fine. Yeah. We need art now anyway. (laughs) I'm obviously so... This is... We were just talking about how I'm a procrastinator and this is... (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, so we're singing some sacred songs, sacred classic songs. So like some songs from the, some arias from the Messiah. Yep, the Messiah and Elijah. Yep. Which is one of my favorite oratorios and other sacred pieces. Yeah, so we are, we've got the Teton Baroque Ensemble. Mm-hmm. And they are killing it. They really are. And... We're just so excited to be making music even during COVID, right? Yep. Yeah. I think most people are who have the opportunity to. And I don't, you know, if there's no audience there, I don't care. Yeah, that's fine. Let's make some music. Yeah. We'll share it. Anyway, we'll we'll share the link with all of you. Yeah, it'll be broad. Are we broadcasting it? Yeah. Well, I mean, we haven't figured out exactly how we're going to do it. We should Facebook live it. Okay. Yeah, we'll do something fun. Cool. So um, we're going to be talking about practicing and some tips. I think it's really easy to get bogged down in thinking about practicing as like tiny little details. Sure. Of course, um, we could just talk about like, make sure you turn off your phone so you're not distracted. I mean, honestly, that was a huge thing for me. It is. I didn't realize it, but I'm very distracted in the practice room. <laughs> and so I had to start turning my phone on airplane mode. And that revolutionized how I practiced, actually. <laughs> But, you know, we could talk about a lot of things like that. But today we want to focus on more of a bigger picture of 
Like what you really mean when you say you don't know how to practice. Yeah. So if you really dig deeper into the question, you realize that if you don't know how to practice when you walk into the practice room, then you don't really know what your goals are long term. And you don't see how your practicing can lead you to accomplishing those goals. Yes. And so we're going to try to take a step back and look look at your life a little more long term, not like a week or a month or even necessarily a year, but we're going to do some activities where you look at your entire life, which sounds overwhelming, but I yes, promise <laughs> <laughs> that really, like we said in the introduction, that you can know what you need to do in your practicing. You can feel a sense of purpose in your practicing and in your day-to-day activities that will you know, ultimately get you where you want to go. So Charles Duhigg in Smarter, Faster, Better. Which, by the way, Charles Duhigg wrote The Power of Habit, which we talked about in episode two. So this is another book by him. We love him. Love you, Charlie. (laughs) Um, So his book, Smarter, Faster, Better, talks about how some people are good at dreaming of what they would like to accomplish in the long term, but struggle to break their goals down into doable parts. That's me. Really? 100%. I'm very good at looking at the big picture. Okay. But I really honestly do struggle to break it down into what I need to do immediately. Okay. Well, the other I'm type of person to... is me. So well, I know. This reading. is why we're really perfect. <laughs> like we work really well together. Other people are good at making to-do lists of what they accomplish in a day, but they don't always have an overarching larger picture of what they are accomplishing. So sometimes they end up just putting things on their list so they can check off just so that they feel good about checking something off. I do that too. Well, I think we all have moments where we yeah. do both. Yeah. But I would say in the day-to-day, sometimes I'm like, I know what would make me feel really good right now if I checked this tiny thing off my list that's mm. not really that important. Gotcha. And then I'm like, oh, look how great I am. <laughs> <laughs> I crossed something I off my productive. to-do list. I'm productive. Take that, world. It was like waking up. It like check. Did it. <laughs> No, whatever it takes, really. <laughs> yeah. No, I've so I'm really into Meyer, the Myers Briggs personality okay. test. Okay. And just only because when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, whatever, it's a personality test. But then I Is took it. Is that the ENTF? Yes. Thing? Yes. Okay. You get a set of four numbers. You can have there are sixteen different sets. Okay. And when I first took it and found out what I was, I identified so strongly with it that I was like, this is the only personality test that matters. (laughs) (laughs) And I like made all my friends and family take it. Um, And I also, I enjoy like setting people up, but I do it based on their Myers-Briggs. And I've actually like put several couples who have even gotten married to each other through. So So matchmaker, matchmaker. Exactly. (laughs) I love, I love doing that. So anyway, I am just, I, as an ENFP is what mine is. We are very good at just seeing the big picture in things. But then when I try and make smaller short-term goals, it's really hard for me to do. Interesting. Okay. So this is, yeah, this is really why we work together. Okay. So let's take some time to help me out and (laughs) dig a little deeper about what Charles Duhigg has said about the two different types of goals. Well, he talks, one is about the um, the stretch goal. And that's a goal that's a little more long-term. And you need it to be something that's exciting and pushes you. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a really strong why about why you're doing this stretch goal. 
So if you don't know why you're doing it, then you won't really be motivated to keep doing it. That makes sense. An example for me is a stretch goal is to get a full-time singing job in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Maria? It's also moving to Germany. I think that's what I thought you would say. <laughs> I also like that. Um, I mean, I guess a full-time singing job in Germany is the goal, but right now I'm just like, can I get over there? And I guess that's probably yeah. to do with like COVID. Yes. And I, there are some things we can't plan for. Right. But knowing where you want to be yeah. heading and then coming up with creative ways to get right. there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I struggle. Yes. I'm like, yes, I want to go to Germany, but do I practice my German? No. <laughs> <laughs> How do I get there? Do I walk there? Exactly. I don't know. What's my plan? You know? Exactly. Yeah. So it can be really intimidating, but honestly, that's like the point of a stretch goal. Okay. I've heard some people say that if your goal isn't terrifying, then it isn't really stretching it's not you. It's stretching you. That makes sense. Right. And probably another reason why it feels exciting is because it's really pushing you. Right. So you have to be able to break it down because if it's so overwhelming, you might not do it. Being able to break it into doable pieces. Well, and so an example of how I can see the big picture, but I don't like know how to get to the big picture is that I've had this goal to get to Germany for like two years and Mm -hmm. I wanted to go like two years ago, but... I keep having to push it back because I'm not accomplishing the smaller goals soon enough. So I have to Mm. keep pushing my stretch goal out six more months or a year. Right. That's, that's where I struggle. So you've got a stretch goal. You don't know how to break it down. Yeah. But you say you're a master procrastinator. I guess there are some things you can't procrastinate. Like if you're not ready, you're just not ready. Exactly. Yeah. I get that. This is why I'm just waiting for you to go to Germany so I can just like follow you. Yeah. And just come move in with us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Live exactly. in your basement. So um, as we talk about kind of breaking down these stretch goals. So I like to incorporate some of um, that idea, but I also kind of expand Charles Duhigg's um, idea with those of Angela Duckworth. What a name. I know. Isn't it great? <laughs> she wrote an amazing book called Grit. And we honestly need to do like just a full episode about this book, but just a few thoughts are kind of helpful here today. So Grit talks about having one and only one overarching career goal. So it's, you know, imagine that someone asks you, why are you working on a specific project for your career? And you can say, it will help me achieve X. And then they ask, well, why do you want to achieve that? And you tell them it helps you to achieve Y. And then they continue continue asking you why you want to do that. And eventually you don't have an answer for them anymore and it's like my whole life is focused around achieving this because it's why I feel I am on this earth it's like just because that's like yeah eventually there's an answer where it's like just because I can want to this is what I want to do yeah yeah so she also explains that most people need some time to figure out what their life's goal is but once Mm -hmm. they know she explains it like it should be written in sharpie oh like once you know your ultimate life goal, it basically shouldn't change. Okay. And then um, you draw a circle around that, and then you can draw little lines down to other circles that are kind of like a mid-level, mid-level goal. Of goals. And then you draw lines down to 
uh, eventually okay. down the levels until it's like the day-to-day. To me, I like to think of starting at your ultimate life goal okay. and working backward through your life yes. until you figure out day-to-day what's important. I've How many bubbles is that? I feel like that's like 50 million. Gazillions. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is you can't really plan exactly. So she says like the top one is written in Sharpie. And then as you come down the levels, you know, it becomes more written in pencil. Where sometimes you'll have a thing that you're working on, some sort of project or goal, and then it becomes obsolete because things change and the world has COVID and all of a sudden, you know, you can erase that section and you have to reroute your life. But the goal to get to that top overarching one is that stays the the same. same. So what's your your overarching (sighs) career goal? (sighs) I actually love thinking about this. So I'm still playing with the wording. Um, you know, I haven't ex- 100% nailed it down. But basically, it is to be financially free so that I can sing without worrying about finances and use my time to make the world better with my music. That's like the ultimate thing for me. That's awesome. One career goal. Now, I have like life family goals, but like my career goals, just one. Okay. And everything that I do for my work is based on achieving that large goal. And I try not to schedule anything in my day-to-day work that will not bring me to that. Then I know that to make that possible, I have to work on some of my large projects, like getting my career started in Europe, which is obviously big. And another big one is like, I need to eventually have $2 million in investments or something crazy. And Below that, I have to get perfect technique, which is also a big Mm -hmm. thing, you know, Mm -hmm. great acting skills, language skills, etc. And below that, for even just technique, for example, I have to have breath control, fioritura, chiaroscuro, registration, etc, etc, etc. So like you break down technique into and I have a chart of all of this. I never think about these things. And so every single goal breaks down further and further and further until I get to the things that I need to do today, tomorrow, the next few days to make these goals happen. Literally charts of like a technique bubble with all the things that I, that create perfect technique. And then you start to get a concept of like, these are the things that I'm missing Mm -hmm. or these are the things I'm already pretty good at. And so you're... It just helps you to visualize it and be a little bit more specific with your work. So that sounds similar to stretch goals and smart goals, but maybe more expansive. So like a stretch goal is one of the mid-level goals and the smart goals are more of the day-to-day. And in Grit, Angela Duckworth expands it by making sure that you have one highest level achievement that is your ultimate life goal and then you use the stretch goals to achieve that one high level goal right i love it because it gives me so much clarity for what i need to do Mm. in the practice room for example you start from the end and work forward to the present i think that if people have problems with their practicing it might be because they don't know the end of what they're trying to accomplish so they know they're supposed to be practicing, but they don't really know what they're trying to accomplish. So they just sing a couple of scales, learn a song, and hope it helps. So what about um, <clears throat> you, Mariah? Like, if you're thinking long-term mm-hmm. and kind of breaking it down, tell us about preparing a role. I know that that's important to you. What I do is very specific, um, but I will get the score 
And what I do first is I just speak through all of it on a direct translation. Oh, okay, okay. So I speak through all of it, not even really in rhythm quite yet, but I'll just speak through all of it in direct translation. And then I'll put it in the correct rhythm, but yes. still in a direct translation. Okay. And so sorry. you're you're speaking it in English. I'm speaking it in English. That's fun. But I in like rhythm. Yeah. yeah. And then and then I start once I have that down really well, then I'll start learning the pitches again on a direct translation. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Because I of course write in my translation. Right. And you know, study it. I love this. Yeah. Okay, continue. Because then I completely understand the entire plot. Right. So, and I also I also always start with recit first, and mm-hmm. then I move to ensemble numbers, and then the arias. But anyway. Arias are the easiest. I mean. It's true. It really is. <laughs> like the easiest to learn anyway. Right. Maybe not to get into your body. But, right. Um, so anyway, yeah, I learned, to, I learned the rhythm, and I learned the pitches first on the English translation and not the poetic, but a direct translation. And then once I feel really comfortable in that, and it doesn't need to be technique perfect at this point, but once I like know all the pitches and rhythm in English, then I go back and I start putting it in whatever language it's in. And that's when I start working on technique too. And then by that point, it's almost like putting in the foreign language it becomes really easy to memorize because i know exactly what exactly. i'm saying exactly so but yeah rest at first and then ensembles and then arias that just reminds me so much of like the steps that of learning music that we learned from chris right that's kind of what i based it off of yeah i i just like how you have you know she has very specific steps about learning the form yeah after you've already done the trans all the all of these steps, but I like how you speak the direct translation rather than just having it. Ooh, (laughs) love it. (sighs) Maybe for a whole role or a whole recital, it is even more important to, you know, take the time to do that. Right. I remember once, this was when I was just starting to perform. I'd only been, well, I had just done my first role. Okay. And I only had about four weeks and was asked to memorize... Well, to perform three other roles, including Giovanni. And I called Chris, my teacher, um, to ask if she thought that I should say yes to Giovanni. I thought I could do the other ones, but this was such a huge role, and I didn't know if I'd be able to pull it off so quickly. That is a huge role. Especially as a young singer. And she basically said that as long as it was a good role for me, I should almost always say yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and basically she meant that if I'm organized and that, then learning the role isn't that big of a deal. Right. You just have to have a strategy. So I ordered my scores and I studied the context and highlighted and translated everything just like she taught me. And then another thing that she taught me was I created an index in the front of the opera score with page numbers for each section. So it's like this section I'm doing recits and a duet and this section yeah. is this, but whatever. That's actually why I love Mozart scores because they do that for you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every other composer, I'm like, what? Where's the index? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And then I took that and I 
printed off an actual physical calendar. I'm not very good with calendars online because I don't know. Right, I'm not either. I'm old I need a physical. We're so old. <laughs> and so I have this calendar, and then like I have color coded for songs, or in this case, operas. Like I needed to learn three operas. Yeah. So each opera was a different color, and Dang. I started at the end. Like I'd have to be memorized by this date, and then I worked to forward okay like i have to learn this song and this song this day and then i review it and then it's memorized and then yeah every day yeah have it perfectly scheduled out so i'm learning something reviewing something and memorizing something right and so that i can have it done on that day and if my teacher you know hadn't sat me down and helped me know how to do that then it might have been a harder process for me to probably gain those skills but like i have a very specific um, you know, that's schedule. good. That's good that you were able to do that with such a like small time crunch. Because when I have, when I, the times that I've been able to like really sit down and seriously learn a roller when I've had like four to five months to learn a roll. Right. But other times when I'm just like jumping in at the last minute or like need an aria for something, I don't spend that time on it. Like doing all those steps. Right. Sometimes you just sit down at the piano or whatever. Yeah, I, or I just listen to, you know, Angela Mead sing it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I Which is really bad. No, I, when I had to learn Bohem in three days, I just tried to listen well, yeah. to like eight different recordings on like rotating through them. Well, if, you're, if you have three days, then Ugh. yeah. Just like cram it, it into my brain. Right. <gasps> but I like... I do this when I have enough time that I could do all of this, but I just don't want to. Like if I have... Because you like to procrastinate a little bit. Exactly. So tell us about that because you have told me that you feel like having a very strict schedule actually kind of feels a little limiting to you. Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, I feel like when I have a strict schedule where I have to do things by a certain day, if I don't do it, if I don't do the first thing on that day, then I feel like there's no point. Like I'm never. You feel like you already failed, so you kind of give up, right? So, I'm a procrastinator, not really because I don't like doing the work, but because I know that all of my best work happens like during crunch time. (laughs) You like the stress right before the show. I do. I think I do like the stress right before the show because I'm. I feel like it makes me very focused during performances because I'm like know half of these words so i have to really like focus and remember them and then i i don't know i just sing better when (laughs) when it's like that i know i get that i when i've done recitals i like to show up just a little late (laughs) you know like i'm such kind of a type a person so it might surprise people but i'd like i don't want to be there an hour early stressing and trying to make everything perfect i want to be yeah. setting out the programs two minutes before the recital starts and then just like run out on the stage <laughs> and be like not unprepared but just like yes. not not having too much time to stress yes and i've told you the story about when i was doing donana and don giovanni <laughs> and it was opening night and my makeup artist was doing my makeup and she was gonna put my wig on but I, um, she was just taking her sweet time on my makeup that night for whatever reason. And we got to the point where like half my makeup wasn't done and my wig was not on my and head. You should also add that you, you said that before you were feeling like everything was just running. Oh yeah. I felt like the entire day I was like, 
this is way too calm. Like, <laughs> things are way too smooth. Like I don't feel any like sense of like excitement or anything because things were just so calm. Right. And I was like, that's not good for singing. So I'm like sitting in this dressing room and my makeup is half done. My wig is not on. I didn't even have my dress on. I was like sitting in like my skivvies <laughs> and <laughs> and the the um what is it called? The the prologue music. The overture. The overture starts playing and I hear it start playing and I was like, Kim <laughs> I gotta get dressed. I could put my hair on. And she was like, Oh shoot. And so you know, in that like ten it's not even ten minutes. It's a pretty short overture. Yeah. We like threw all my clothes on, my wig. I went And on. also it sounds like impending doom. Yes. <laughs> it does. And also Anna is the very first person to sing yeah. well, Leporello sings, but right. it's like part of the overture, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. And so she, my my makeup artist felt like so bad. But I was like, no. This is perfect. <laughs> this is like the exact kind of like pressure and excitement I need. And so I just like ran out with not even all of my makeup on, ran underneath the stage and just like ran out and sang. And it was perfect. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a little bit. You just need that little bit. Of anxiety? Exactly. You don't want all of it, but... <laughs> No, but it's almost like it almost just heightens your senses and you get a little excited and yes, because otherwise I was, you know, I would have like walked on stage out of Don Giovanni trying to, you know, do the deed, do the deed, (laughs) (laughs) and I would have been like, oh, Shellarado, you know, like I would have looked so lame. I needed to like have actually been running on stage, right? Which is what happened. It was perfect. So. We're talking about practicing. You know, it really is going to look different for everyone. Yes. But I think overall having this long view, regardless of whether you're a procrastinator or not. Right. At least you got to know when the deadline is. Well, yes. (laughs) Yes. You need to know when that overture starts. (laughs) this has been so much fun thank you everyone for sharing these ideas for us to work on i want to say one more thing okay (laughs) no i want to say one more thing (laughs) (laughs) i've had a lot of people ask me like about anxiety in the practice room okay yep let's talk about it and i think that i completely understand this because i had it for a long time too where I would practice something for like 15 minutes and then I wouldn't know if I was doing it correctly. Right. So it's almost like, should I even be practicing? Exactly. Am I practicing it wrong? And so I really relied on my teacher for a really long time, which is fine, especially when you're first beginning. Right. But I think that as you get a little bit older, what you really need to start doing is just trusting yourself that you're doing things correctly or at least trust yourself enough to know that you're not going to completely screw up your voice because otherwise there's like no point in being in the practice room. Right. But just allowing yourself to keep practicing through that kind of uncomfortable feeling. Yes. Because I would like think I was doing something wrong. And so I would call up my teacher and have a lesson with her 
and realized that I was doing it. It's okay. Yeah, it was, you know, not perfect, but it was fine. If you're having those checkups, yeah. then you're not going to be going yeah. too crazy. So once I had this like year of like stressing out and needing my teacher every little thing, but every time I went to her, things worked out and it was just fine. Then I started being like, okay, if I can do this, you know, with Angela, then I can do this by myself too. And mm-hmm. so now I only, I don't go to her all the time. Right. I do now because it's COVID, but, and I feel like my throat is falling out. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, horrible. She told me she was going to send me a bubble earlier this week because I've just been so sick the past six weeks. And I was like, please do thinking she was kidding. And then she sent me a text today of a picture of like a plastic bubble and was like, it says it was delivered. Have you gotten your package yet? And I was like, you actually sent this to me? And then she was like, I don't have your address. And I was like, oh, duh. Well, let's see if we can get you a bubble. (laughs) I honestly. Everybody, we're asking for donations for a bubble for Mariah, please. I 100% would use it. I'm so tired of being in Corona. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. This has been so much fun. Has it? Yes, it has. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. No, not COVID. <laughs> COVID has not been fun, Mariah. No, it hasn't. <laughs> Stressful. I know. But talking, chilling, talking opera yeah. has been fun. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for sharing these ideas for us um, to talk about practicing. Yeah. Just remember that if you know the large picture of your life, then work backwards and fill out your life with projects that help you accomplish your vision in the long term and bring you fulfillment in the short term. And you will begin to know what to do on a day to day basis. It's not easy to plan it out, but if it means having a clearer purpose and resolve in the long run, then it's worth the time. So thanks for tuning in to listen to Take the Stage Opera Podcast. Remember that you are strong and capable and beautiful, and we need you to keep working and bettering yourselves because your art will change the world. So with that, Stop waiting in the wings. Keep singing, my friends. In In Boca Lupo. Thank you for listening to another episode of Take the Stage Opera Podcast. We love hearing from you. So please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and give us a review. It helps us to continue delivering quality material. 